0: The Nashville Rock and the Pod. The first
1: ever Nashville Rock and Pod That's Expo. right. Who are those
0: voices? Who are those voices you hear here on the Synaptic Radio? Who is that?
2: Oh, that's uh, Joey from Rock Strikes 10, part of the CNC Radio.com
0: family. Nice plug.
1: With his wife, actual family, Nola. <laughs> ah.
0: There we go. Hey, you know what? We're right here. I have no idea what part I'm gonna use this for, but I'm sure that my producer, Joey Haney from Rock Strikes 10 fame, who is right here. Uh, You just heard him seconds ago. He'll figure out something to do with this somewhere. Anyway, we're here at the uh, National Rock and Podcast Expo, uh, just kind of trying things out. And uh, hopefully we're going to have some people swing by here in a little bit and uh, do some talking bits, and we'll play some music. And, uh, yeah, rock and pod. So there you go. Absolutely.
2: Uh, Thank you for tuning into this five-star show.
0: You know what? This is going to be a five-star show, as every uh, episode of the Synaptic Radio is. There you have it. All right. We are live here at the Nashville Rock and Podcast Expo. Uh, here in Nashville, obviously, because I said Nashville once already. I am sitting here with Pods and Sod's podcaster, Eric Miller. Eric?
3: Hello. How you well, doing, well. man?
0: Doing well, man. Thank you for uh, chatting with me. Absolutely. Thanks so- for coming by. Uh, so tell, tell my listeners, the seven or eight out there, tell them, about pods and songs? What's what's it all about?
3: Uh, well, we've been around for, I guess, about four years now. Uh, it's uh, Basically, it started, you know, before we started recording them, it's a long-time friend of mine, Craig Smith, and I just, you know, BSing about music. You know, we would go on car rides, we'd play music, we would goof, right? right. A lot of it was around Kiss or Sticks or whatever, right? And, uh... At a certain point, Craig started getting really into music, podcasts, history, science, theater, things like that. And he said, hey, we should start one of these. I was like, I'd love to, and it just, that's what it was. Just two dudes talking about music, right? At first it was loose, and then we started, you know, we realized like, oh, we should probably be a little prepared when we do these, right? Right. So, you know, we do a lot of, uh, like, album track-by-tracks. Uh, we've been doing, like, the year-by-year year, like, 87, 88, like the 80s, right? Right. Uh, and then at a point, we started doing, like, solo episodes. So we do those episodes together. That's simply Pods and Sods. And then it became Pods and Sods Network. So he does nice. his episodes. And he's got, like, three or four sort of um, themes going. He's got a fish podcast. He's got a... Uh, Radiohead podcasts, Pink Floyd, Monkeys, like all these recurring themes on his they each have a unique title, and then I mostly do interviews. My my sidecasts are interviews, right? right. So sort of like a like Inside the active Studio style long form interview, right? Um, Very cool. If I, you know, before is a time with somebody, you know. I sort of chronologically go through the career as much as they'll allow me, right? Right. And uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a ton of fun. You know and then we do our, we still do our episodes together, you know. So yeah, it's been great. Some weeks, you know, we can have as many as three episodes in a week. Oh wow. Which is a lot of content cuz we're doing it, it in together, right? Who are and, you? WWE? <laughs> right. Yeah, we're going to we're going to open up uh, Nitro on Thursdays and go 3 hours live, right? Exactly. But, uh, yeah, it's uh I mean it's tons of fun. And this awesome. you know this this expo is You know, we know all these guys like virtually. Right? Sure. Um, you know, or or verbally, you know, like, um, but to meet them, you know, in person, like, you know, oh, you match your profile picture. Oh, that's your voice. (laughs) Like, you actually have a face to the voice, right? Right. You have a body. You're corporeal, right? You're no longer just ether. Right. Exactly. Right. It's super cool. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that is cool, man. Yeah, it's been definitely, definitely interesting getting to meet everybody Yeah. This weekend for sure. All right, man. Well, what song would you like to play? Any um, song, any song that you can think of that's not a one-sided
3: seven-inch that. Right, some kid in Philly. Let's put see. Out. I'm gonna go with um, something slightly obscure, just because I think it's underrecognized. Okay. It's not I terribly. i keep saying underrecognized because I really hate the term underrated. Right, I really it's not, do. It's not. It's not uh, in the United States. It's a band called Baby Animals. Okay. Baby Animals is uh, huge in Australia. They right. sold like you know, Brazilian records in Australia.
0: I remember them from like. Like right at the cusp
3: of the 90s, correct? Yep, yep yeah. yeah. In the US, they had like kind of a semi hit called Painless. Yep. They did Letterman, they toured with Van Halen and Brian Adams, things like that. Um, and they had two sort of records on Imago one still played called Baby Animals, second one was called Shaved in Dangerous. Right. And then the lead singer, uh, female Susie DeMarkey, and then a Mary Nuno Betancourt and Imago oh, wow. Records. Imago Records kind of fell apart and they ended up in like this long, drawn out legal battle. Right. Uh, So they're one of my all-time favorite bands and they're reunited and they have new records and they're fantastic. That's cool. But uh, yeah, Baby Animals, off the first record, let's go with a song called One Word. One Word from Baby Animals.
0: Eric Miller from Pods and Sods. thank you for dropping by. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. We virtually handshook on that. (laughs) And uh, yeah, right here, Baby Animals on the Synaptic Empire. we are still live here at the nashville rock and podcast expo good times good times only in nashville as it was said earlier couldn't be in memphis because well it's the nashville rock and pod expo i'm here with mark striegel of talking metal mark yes thank you for dropping by oh you bet and metal raps and talking rock too yeah he's an overachiever yes
4: Randy, thanks so much for having me.
0: Good, absolutely, absolutely. Tell us uh, tell us a little bit about your
4: shows. Uh, well, Talking Metal started about 12 years ago, exactly 12 years ago, actually, almost to the day. And uh, we were one of the first podcast period out there doing, doing the rock thing. Uh, I was heavily inspired by Michael Butler's Rock and Roll Geek Show and Eddie Trunk's FM radio show back in those days where he would just kind of talk and riff. Uh, for and complain and praise and for hours on end. And those were my two big influences. Uh, I formed this with uh, the co-founder John Ostrowski, known for his work with Ace Frehley, who is still uh, a part of the show, but i kind of—he's not quite as involved as he used to be. Uh, but he's here with us at the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo, and um, it's been a long ride. We've had the most obscure metal hard rockers you've ever heard of all the way to Ozzy Osbourne on the show who's been on twice nice so yeah it's it's been a great ride I'm still enjoying it and uh things like this this hanging out with you Randy and, and all these
0: other podcasters inspire me to keep going another 12 years thanks Mark well that was that, you just answered my entire question next question there yeah. so okay <laughs> good very intuitive very intuitive uh so yeah, so I guess what did you just kind of notice that there was a, a a void for what you know for what you ended up doing? I mean, how do you? I mean, really, how do you keep it fresh? Twelve years. I mean, keeping it fresh has got to be a little difficult. At least for a It few. is, and the show's evolved
4: a lot. You know, it, it's it's uh, it, it's gone through different phases, and I don't think it's the same show it was when it started out. Um, but my my love of of the. 80s hard rock and heavy metal is the foundation for what keeps it going, and when we hear these artists like Mark Slaughter, who's like standing five feet away from us here, right. who, who continues to release uh, great new music, and there's no outlet for this music. I mean, that's part of the inspiration, you know, is is to to give these guys a platform and to shine a little light on on the the great art that they're still creating. Right. Because no one else does. You look serious. Sure, Absolutely. we got we got Hair Nation, you got Ozzy's Boneyard, but it's rare, extremely it's, rare that they'll play a new song by a guy like Mark Flutter.
0: Right. Well, and then it still ends up, I mean, although it's, it's much better than broadcast radio, but broadcast radio has ended up being, with like, right. you know, top 200 songs. It's really more like ends up being, like, top three, 350 songs, usually. Yes. Yeah. Uh, kind of a... I've actually not had my, uh, my internet radio for a while in my, in my car, so, right. or my satellite, satellite so I actually, and honestly, I haven't missed it. There's some songs I actually like again, Yeah. <laughs> because... What do you do in your car now, now that you don't have
4: it? Do you listen to I'm, terrestrial,
0: or are you doing podcasts, or...? I, I do podcasts, and uh, I have an 8,000-song uh, hand-picked iPod nice. that's a shuffle radio. Sure. It always makes me sad whenever I, I screw up and let it die. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, it's like 1,400 songs into a great shuffle. And right. Or right. songs that have never even been, even seen. The, I'm like, oh, crap, I didn't even know that was on here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, that's, uh, that's usually what I do. And I end up finding stuff for my, my show on that. Right, cool. As well. It's like, oh, crap, I need to play, play that, uh, share that with the nice people. Yes. Out there. So uh, I see you're wearing your uh, maiden shirt from this year's tour. Yes, this is from. I bought this at the final night of the tour. I nice, was very. Bought
4: the tour twice, uh, once in uh, New Jersey in June, and then the one of the last nights, uh, or the final night of the tour in Brooklyn, New York, which I, I guess at this point was July. Yeah. Uh, right. Were you happy with it? Were you happy with the tour? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was great. Very. You know, I I've complained about bands that go out and play too many new songs. I still have an issue with that. However, Maiden did six or seven new songs that night, both nights that I saw them, uh, uh-huh. because they play the same songs every single night. But uh, it worked for me, for whatever reason. I enjoy their new music. Of course, I probably prefer the classics, but for whatever reason, the mix of old and new really, really worked well. Right. Yeah. yeah uh. <laughs> I,
0: I was a huge fan of Book of Souls. Yeah. And I, I could tell I was probably... Much
4: better than Final Frontier.
0: Like. Much better. And actually, a Final Frontier tour came to Dallas. It was the first date of the tour before the album even came out. Ah, okay. So they didn't... only song they did from that was, I think, uh, Eldorado. <laughs> right. Uh, so didn't have to worry about that. But that the last tour, the 2010 tour, was so heavy with uh, uh, Dance of Death and... Uh, what was the other one, Matter of Life and Death?
4: Uh, Is that the possibly. other
0: Possibly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Experts. Experts, experts right here. Yeah. Okay. Uh. <laughs> I think we, yeah. Uh, Joey Haney checking in. Joey Haney checking in. You know, my, my illustrious producer, Do Joey Haney. Do
2: year on something? Or,
0: uh, okay. oh, we've got the year. Don't you worry. Final uh, Frontier 2010, I believe. Yeah. Right. We're talking about the Final Frontier tour.
2: Final Frontier was 2010. Yes. 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 The one after that was The Seven Right. right. Yes. Which I saw which that was fantastic. Too, yeah. yeah. But
0: I, I have to say that this tour is probably going down as my favorite show of the year. And I've seen a lot of great shows. And that yeah. includes that includes the pinnacle of everything in my life, which is U2, seeing the Joshua Tree Tour. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. I, I Honestly, I, I'm kind of getting to where I don't want to see a hits tour. Really? Wow. I, I, cause right. I as, And especially out of, for me, for U2, yeah. because I think... I think their later stuff has been so strong, they've had a lot of stronger stuff. Right. So uh, you know plus it's the fun thing about a U two show is you never know what you're gonna get. Right. But you knew 11 songs in a row, which you were getting. Yeah. And they knocked out, I mean, the first eight songs of that show were were second-half hits, you know, yeah. that you, you, know, you, you
4: hoped to get. Yeah, I, I truly oh, enjoyed God. the U2 uh, Joshua Tree concert that we saw in New Jersey. Right. Um, and found a very emotional night, you know. Um. However, I haven't been really tapped into, like, their last two or three releases. Right. You know, I, I, I suppose in some ways I'm uh, more of the uh, what do you call it, like retro fan at this point. Right. You know, so I really I, I love really pop. You're it. like wishing. Yeah, that they I, I, I like pop. pop. I, I saw them on that tour. I, and they, you yeah. know, I, there was a few songs off that record I thought were. Uh, what was that, Miami was on that record? Miami was on that record and Gone. Look at
0: the sun, something about the sun. Staring at the sun. Staring at the sun, yeah. yeah. A couple of all songs on that record. Right. Yeah. But for me, I don't want, man, I don't want to see, but they've always done such a good job of interweaving their set lists with the new and the old. And that was the same thing I thought with it. Right. That, you know, the Book of Souls stuff went so well in you know, in context with the older stuff sure and I heard so many people just oh my god so much new stuff and I was like well if you would have listened to the damn record which yeah. was great then yeah. you wouldn't have been whining right, right. you know right. instead right. of just sure. dismiss it because I saw so many people just dismiss it before even hearing it right and uh are you a Roger Waters fan
1: uh
4: yeah I'm a huge big boy fan. yeah so I'm, I'm seeing them because I, I love YouTube Maiden probably one of my best shows of the year Right. I don't know if it was the Brooklyn or New Jersey show, but they were both really amazing. Uh, but I, I have super high hopes, which usually gets me in trouble when my expectations are so high. Right. To see Roger Waters in a little over a week from now, so uh, we, we, I, you know, I'm wondering if that's going to be my best show of the year. Right. I was, I was
0: disappointed. My uh, my yearly concert budget wouldn't stretch. No, I, I we don't way. even have good seats, and
4: and they're they're not
0: they, they were crazy expensive. Yeah. Right. Story: When I was a uh, senior in high school, my mom worked at the school, and uh, I was getting a uh, Depeche Mode tickets to skip my senior prom. Right. <laughs> they were okay. playing Six Flags, uh, and she comes back, and she's got two envelopes with her from Ticketmaster, uh, and she brought a uh, one of the one of the envelopes just said they're not good but they're in the stadium right and it was Pink Floyd too oh, okay. she also wow. got me Pink Floyd so yeah is that, so being, when, is that when
5: Roger Waters was out of the band or that yeah, was yeah no it was
0: momentary lapse I'm yeah, not yeah. that old yeah. I'm old but yeah. I'm not that old right yeah well, that's what I figured that's <laughs> why I was saying that yeah no it was the momentary lapse of reason to it. Right. yeah I got like almost nearly the, the top of Texas Stadium oh, wow. okay. to watch uh, to watch Pink Floyd so yeah yeah that's gonna be awesome man I'm, I'm envious of you getting to go to that uh, go to that show right now well cool man you want to pick a song? We we'll play a song. Ooh, yeah. Any song. Whatever, any song. Whatever genre you want. Well, we're talking Pink Floyd. Uh, how
4: about How about "Off the Final Cut"? Uh, Not now, John. you know All that right. One? Yeah. yeah. Uh, very uh, a very uh, a very Ezrin Waters record, in my opinion. You right. Know, uh, more so than any of the other members of that band. Uh, yeah. Not now, John. By Pink
0: Floyd. Fantastic. Mark Striegel. Thank you. Thank you so much. Talking metal. Listen to it. I'm sure that uh, I'm not telling y'all anything you don't already know. But there you have it. Thank you for dropping by and uh, we'll see you soon. here at the Nashville Rock and podcast convention or Expo whatever you want to call it it's, it works it works either way I am here with Lee McCormick from tramps like us which you can imagine is uh, what sort of podcast Lee? that's
6: the Bruce Springsteen podcast obviously the boss yep
0: one of the uh, one of the uh, members of the big 12 for uh, the seven listeners of the synaptic radio
6: <laughs> the big 12
0: the big 12 12 my 12 favorite acts
6: awesome. Yes, very good.
0: Acts. yep. I finally uh, I got to listen to uh, one of your shows not too long ago. You did a uh, 10, uh, ten Springsteen shows.
6: Yeah, that was. Uh, I've seen Springsteen ten times, and uh, you know I just for that episode I just recounted you know my moments, experiences of those shows, and played one song from each concert. It's kind of cool. You know? Oh yeah, man, it was a good show. Cool, thanks. It was a
0: cool show. I yeah, Springsteen's
6: Springsteen's got such. A catalog of material and so diverse in styles that you know there's a wealth of themed episodes I can get out of Springsteen. Right. You know, yeah.
0: It's uh, it's kind of one of the uh, the big regrets of my high school years because I was counterculture. Yeah. In my high, you know, yeah. in in the '80s, which meant rebelling against things like Bruce and uh, yeah. um, you know, Paul and Oates. Yeah. And Bruce is quite <laughs>
6: mainstream and and pop. Right, making pop records back then, right?
0: And half of my half of my uh, class at school went to uh, went and saw him at the Cotton Bowl when he did the two nights for uh, for Born to uh, Born in the USA. And uh, I did not; I stayed at home and was like, I don't want to see Springsteen. I got my Hooters record. There you go. uh, (laughs) Yeah, now I I look back because I finally got to see him. For the first time on this past tour, right after so many tries and so many attempts and at yes. never getting to, never getting to see him, uh, and I, I believe the next morning I said, "I'm just packing up and I'm traveling." <laughs> That's it. It was it's for that 70 year old man. Yeah, it's incredible, on, and it, just such an incredible show. I I can't even I, I can't even count how many times there were there were music cries yeah. during that show, and especially, uh, you know when he got to because for me when he got to because of the night right. which you know as you were talking about a guy with such a vast catalog and then you know 20 of those songs on this past tour were the river right you have no idea what you're actually gonna. because I'm not a, I'm not a, a set list guy I'm not going to look at your set list yeah. I want to be surprised
6: I you know I used to do that like as soon as I found out wow you can find set lists for every artist show online I would always do that and then I would get ready for the show I would see check out the set list and I would see like what's coming next so I can prepare myself. And then one time I saw the Go-Go's about three, four years ago. Right. And uh, I'm like, I'm not going to bother looking at the set list, right? And I showed up, and it was a great set. And then for the encore, they did We Got the Beat, and then they segued into Rock and Roll All Night by Kiss. Nice. And it was fucking great. It was so awesome, right? And I was like, "If if I had read the set list, that surprise would have been ruined for me. Right. And it was such a shocking moment that... I'm like I'm never looking at a setlist again. So <laughs> that's I don't look anymore. You know? Yeah,
0: I've been uh, I've been pretty anti-spoiler since I was ten. Yeah, and uh, I wasn't able to go see The Empire Strikes Back opening weekend. Right. And uh, you know the great some of the greatest spoilers ever in a uh, movie movie history. history. Exactly. Yeah. My buddy <laughs> called me and told me everything that happened, and uh, yeah, I went and saw it and was like, you know, this would have been a lot cooler if I didn't know. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So like even today, I'm like. So you
6: I'm had like the this, Darth Vader father reveal like spoiled for you yeah oh man I did
0: had that spoil so many things yeah spoiled there but yeah I, I like even today you know I'm a, I'm a season and a half back on Game of Thrones and just trying to like navigate a non-spoiler world with right. Game of Thrones yeah, and social yeah. media is a it's a whole different thing so out of those 10 out of those 10 concert memories that right. we talked about in that particular show what was your favorite what is what is your you think back and you go man wow this is it Well, I got to, I got to, I got to maybe cheat
6: and give you a tie. I got to say the first time I ever saw Springsteen was the first was in the two thousand reunion tour. Right. And uh, you know, I I tried to see Bruce in the eighties. I tried to see him in the nineties. Couldn't get tickets. So it was like twenty years into my fandom before I got to see him live. And you know, expectations were high, and he totally delivered on that tour one of the best tours I think he ever did. Reunion tour with the E Street Band. Everybody's just so happy to be on stage. Right. Just a killer set list. So that's got such a special moment um, in my concert history for me. But then the other one was the 2012 Wrecking Ball tour. He played Sky Dome in Toronto. Right. And uh, that's a show that I got a, a pit ticket for. So it was general admission. So I got to be right up front and... Uh, you know, certain moments in that show, I was five feet from them. I'd never been that close to it at a Springsteen show. Nice. And it was just an epic night with the, the Dome Stadium roof open and a beautiful, like, t- hot Toronto summer night. It was just a spectacular, a perfect, you know, concert experience. So those two stick out for me as some of my favorites. So.
0: Right. That, uh, that 2000 reunion tour should have been my first time. Yeah. Uh, the 85 tour, not counting. Um I actually uh, was told by a friend, hey, we've got tickets, day of the show. And I was like, okay, cool, and literally was called like 20 minutes later by another friend saying, hey, we got a pair of Springsteen tickets just sitting here. Do you want them? I was like, no, we're already taken care of. Yeah, We weren't taken care of. No. And uh, yeah, so I sat at home that night uh, not getting to see Springsteen. So yeah, so Tough it took me oh. 16 16 years of uh, trying at that point to finally do it. What was your gateway? What would, what would you say was your gateway record it's
6: gotta be Born involved. in the USA right I'd known the hits I'd known Born to Run Hungry Heart you know I knew of Springsteen I knew Rosalita that video they always played oh, With yeah. chicks attack him at the end you know exactly. I'd seen that on much music the Canadian kind of MTV but uh, when Born in the USA came out I was 10 years old it was such a great pop rock record you know it didn't sound like anything else that was out at, at that time but it, right. fit, it fit in perfectly you know, I started to dress like Bruce. You know, I started to be like, I just want plain T-shirts and jeans. You know, and this is like 1984 when we're in the peak of like, you know, heavy metal, extravagant clothing and pop music and Michael Jackson and Madonna and Prince. And here you got a guy coming out in jeans and T-shirt playing, you know, rock and roll. And it was, I just really, that's really affected me, you know. and Right. Yes. And, you know, uh, seven singles off that record. So that really... Brought me in. It's like, yeah, wow. This is this guy is my artist. Whereas Back before, in the day you know. when you
0: could have seven singles off a of record, oh, that's insane. Yeah, i mean,
6: have yeah. releasing them over like an 18 month period. You know, it's... oh yeah, <laughs> it's not.
0: It's not the three months and you're out that uh, that we get today. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey man, thank you for dropping by. My pleasure. Um, before you go, what's your pick? What What do you want to play on the show? What's What do you want? Anything. To anything you want
6: you want a Bruce song or you want anything or
0: I want anything. You hit me with whatever you want.
6: You want anything? I'm going to take uh, I got two let's see uh, one or two. I'm going to give you my Desert Island number one favorite song. It's got to be uh, Steve Earle Copperhead Road.
0: Nice. I saw that tour. Really? Open it for open it for Bob Dylan.
6: I saw that tour too. He played Toronto on that tour, yeah. And nice. uh, that song like I I've been a you know, I'm a big rock fan. I like heavy metal. I love country music. And when I heard Copperhead Road, I'm like, holy shit. This guy is Combining country and bluegrass and heavy metal, and he's singing about Vietnam and drugs and things that aren't, you know, in the mainstay country, um, you know, topics that you would sing about. And, and he could
0: probably kick your ass, too. Yeah, he
6: looked like a badass, you know, <laughs> long, stringy hair and camouflage and tattoos, and I was just like, this is Steve Earle's my guy, man. <laughs> like, And the one songwriter that I like better than Springsteen, Steve
0: Earle. Wow, that's yeah. saying something. Yeah, I that's love Steve something.
6: Earle, man, Copperhead Road.
0: Rockin', man. <laughs> Hey, Lee McCormick, Tramps Like Us, thank you for dropping by. All right, thanks, Randy. And this is Copperhead Road from Steve Earle. Cool, thanks, man. That was great. Good.
7: Headed down to Knoxville with a weekly load You can smell a whiskey burning down Copperhead Road
8: We're here
0: with Randy W. Hall of the Dandy Classic Music Hour podcast. We're still here at the uh, the Nashville Rock and Pod podcast uh, expo thing here in Nashville. Where else real. would it be? Where else would it be if it's called Nashville? That yeah, would be kind of odd, wouldn't it? It really would be. I've made that same joke now for like <laughs> seven different interviews.
9: Hey, man, if it holds up, it holds up. It does. Got some it Randy and Randy
0: crime here. That <laughs> we do. We do. So, what's uh, tell us about the Dandy Classic Music Hour. What's uh, what do you do over there?
9: Well, Randy, uh, from one Randy to another, I am Randy, and I have a partner named Dan. So, Randy and Dandy make, Randy and Dan make Dandy, and we talk there you go. about all the different music. Uh, if it's good, we'll talk about it. Uh, we don't discriminate. Yep. It could be jazz. It could be heavy metal. It could be soul. We just want to talk about good music, and we do
0: in an hour. Thank you. Thank you were getting applause. The synaptic empire is roughly sort of the same. Same idea. Yeah, I have. There's no, no restrictions. Yeah, I whatever mean, I want to play.
9: Why? Why would we do that to ourselves? We're not getting paid, are we? I'm not getting. Are you paid. you getting paid? No. No, I'm not getting paid. I haven't seen a dime. I get paid. I get paid in good feelings. That's well, there about I it. We have, like it. I go. I like it. I mean, doing it is a labor of love. I'm sure it's the same on your end of the spectrum. Exactly.
0: Everything I do was is, uh, is a labor of love
9: and I've been uh, I've been in the radio industry on uh, in the college radio side of it and me and my friend Dan have been uh, friends for over 25 years so it's kind of like a combination of our sense of humor and our musical tastes and right. we just go after it we go at it so, hey man and what's great about it is that we've get to meet a lot of people of like mindedness here uh, you know, like the Pods and Sods guys, uh, they're kind of a template. Uh, the Great Albums, I believe you've spoken to sure. a couple of them. Yep. They're kind of the same genre. We're just a bit sarcastic. Yeah. We've got our own sarcastic <laughs> bent to it. Kind of David right. Letterman-it, you know? So. Exactly. I got you. That's how we roll. We just did a good Guns N' Roses show. I saw them. Yeah. You, oh, when did you see them?
0: Uh, I saw them about two weeks after Appetite came out. Oh, okay. open it for the cult.
9: The way you said it was like you just saw them cuz they oh, no. are playing.
0: They are playing. Yeah, yeah I they're don't, out not I don't know if I want to go see Frank and Roses. <laughs> I don't know, man. I want I mean, I saw the original I saw the original lineup twice. And then yeah, I saw I saw the uh Usual uh, Illusion the Metallica tour.
9: Yeah, I saw that at the Pontiac Silverdome. Of all oh, wow. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. interesting. Metallica kicked their ass, frankly. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you on that. And that was well, a, was that uh, was that
0: pre or post explosion where James could play? That was right before it. Yeah. They went to
9: Montreal and did that a couple weeks after. Yeah. So, gotcha.
0: Yeah. We got a... Yeah, I think we may have actually had... DFW, we may have had the last show of the tour. Oh, wow. So... Uh, really? Yeah, because I think... Uh, well, it's kind of cool because... That was on a. That was on a Friday. Friday afternoon, it was the te- Metallica Guns N' Roses show.
9: So Metallica went on about like seven. Guns N' Roses went on about midnight kind of deal.
0: <laughs> uh, surprisingly, it was it went fairly smooth. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the next day was Wallapalooza '92, <laughs> in which you had Ministry and the Chili Peppers and uh, Soundgarden and all this. Um, a that a hell of, of a show. Yeah, a lot of the guys. From from the tour, they're like, "Hey, we're done." They hung out. They showed up at Starplex the next day. Really? Yeah. So like when Ministry was playing, at one point you had a uh, uh, Jim Martin was out from Faith No More, who was on that that tour yep. with uh, Faith No More opened. Yep. Yeah, Angel Dust. Faith yeah. No more. That was that. They era. were great. Yeah, they were um, good. Uh, who else? Kirk Hammett showed up. They did Supernaught. The, really? the, the Sabbath. The Sabbath song Supernaught. because ministry has an offshoot called Thousand Homo DJs. I've heard of from it from back in the day. Yeah, one of the big. I didn't the big thing that's was, what it was. Yeah, it was supernaut. It was them and. Uh, I believe Trent Reznor was the singer for Thousand How My DJ. Really? Yeah. Small fucking world. Yep. Pardon my. Am yeah. I
9: allowed to swear on this podcast?
0: Uh, you know what? I'll make an exception uh, today. <laughs> Thank double. You got double Randy. But normally, normally I go. My mom's gonna listen to this and call me later.
9: It, it, it's with, on with me. Negative. It's on Randy Hall, not on you. <laughs> so if your mom wants to, uh, if my mom could lodge figure out how to, she can lodge it against me. If my mom
0: could figure out how to to work on <laughs> <at laughs> iTunes, then yeah, we'd be in trouble. That'd be, that would be bad. she'd be dangerous. There it would. It would be. It would be very dangerous. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was. It was really cool though because uh, those those guys all were there and uh, uh, Duff may have been out. I don't remember that ministry set. Uh, that ministry set at. Lollapalooza that year was like almost one of the most unhinged things I've ever seen. I mean, yeah, they were out of control. That was
9: like the Psalm 69 era. Yeah, right before it was
0: right before then. Uh, Actually, my buddy, uh, I think, yeah, my buddy Casey Orr was playing bass. Oh, wow. For him, uh, from uh, the old uh, thrash band rigor Mortis. Uh-huh. was he was he was out there. Was, he and Mike Scotia Mike Scotia from Murder Mortis, played. Damn. Guitar for uh, ministry for years, really? years and years and years. Oh yeah, there's a great a uh, Pig. Uh, I think he was on Filth Pig. He was definitely on uh, definitely on Psalm sixty nine, but I mean, he would. He would tour with Ministry. Did on Jesus and off. build his hat rack? Right? Yep. Uh, matter of fact, that his—that's his guitar sound. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that really high end. That's what uh, that's what he always did. But yeah, man, Ministry. Uh, did you ever see him you ever see ministry never no like I
9: like that at that point in my life I was 17 right and like I wasn't in control of a lot of things in my life <laughs> right so like they would play at like these crazy places where it was a like, 21 and up usually sure and I didn't get a chance I didn't I don't think I got had a car yet right to be honest with
0: you I'm gonna make a suggestion go on YouTube find find uh, Ministry Dallas 1990. Oh yeah, I was like, I don't think shit, I was fourteen or fifteen yeah, in nineteen ninety. That was the, the Mine is a terrible thing to taste tour. Yeah. I got uh, the album. It is it is absolutely insane. Really? Yeah, it is Dallas? insane. Mine is a terrible thing to taste. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was uh, January 28th, 1990. So, listeners, y'all could wow. also go and do that as well. Because, uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely out of control. The original Every George Bush
9: was your president at that time. Yeah. That matters. He was. So, there, there you go. A little he, factoid he was. for the kids. Uh, Yes,
0: yes, he was. I think yeah. he had just been inaugurated. Yeah, like maybe like long. a couple days yeah. before. He wasn't president
9: long at that point. No, that he was like throwing out stupid non non sequiturs. <laughs> Don't mind me.
0: Well, that worked. That worked. This one. Well.
9: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm teasing. That, that was
0: a good one. All that right, Guns
9: and Roses, Metallica show was insane. Metallica beat the fuck out of them that day.
0: Yeah. I can buy that.
9: Yeah, I but, can buy uh, that yeah, for sure. Yeah, we do shows on everything. So check out that, dandyclassicmusichour.com. And if there's a band or group you really like over the course of two years, I bet we've covered it or something close to
0: it. So That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Pick a song. Any song. In the world? In the world. That's that's right. this show, man. I'm going to pick a song uh, that is
9: near and dear to my heart. I'm going to pick uh, A Door by Prince. There's Greg Smith in my line of sight. I'm Dr. Gotcha. Prince. So
0: go awesome, with him. Randy, thank Randy, you very much. Good you. to meet you. Always a pleasure.
10: But I got to have a face all up in the face Do you think? I can think that I'm a man I'm a man of exquisites. 100% yourself yeah.
0: the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Got Craig Smith over here from Pods and Sods Network. You uh, heard his counterpart earlier, Eric Miller. No, Eric Miller. Hey, I got that right. <laughs> Maybe you heard his counterpart earlier, Eric Miller. Uh, he came over and we're going to talk a little more Pods and Sods here.
8: Craig, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's uh, it's a pleasure. Pleasure meeting you. Pleasure being here. Absolutely. Tell us a little more about uh, Pods and Sods. Pods and Sods. Um I guess it really is just the extension of 20 years of discussions during long car rides. Now, uh, has found some kind of audience that uh, would enjoy listening to that sort of thing. Right. Hey, your um, your stories corroborate, so that's good. Yeah, uh, you know, and that's really all it is. When I discovered podcasts, it was that kind of thing. These people are having the conversations that you know we had. And then you just you, you grab onto personalities, and that's what, you know, you, you listen to the people that, once they start talking about things you're not into, you still listen because they've, you know, their personality is part right. of it. Right, but so, you're going to learn
0: something out of that, though.
8: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. And we just uh, decided that, you know, all of those conversations over the years will now take part uh, in front of microphones and be broadcast for anybody that is interested to hear. <laughs> right.
0: I got you, man. I got you. What a uh, yeah. So that was the catalyst for uh, for y'all doing this. What's uh? You have a favorite show? Is there one that sticks out that you're like the seven listeners of the Synaptic Radio need to uh, need to hear to check out?
8: Uh, you know, it's it's really dependent on your tastes. I think that um, one of my one of my favorite. This is just the one that comes to mind. I interviewed. Um, A musician friend of mine named David Mead. It was a two-part interview. He's uh, a brilliant musician from Nashville, coincidentally. And um, it was uh, one of those episodes where I was able to be a fanboy unforgivingly. And he had some great stories about the uh, the record industry, some honest stories, and we played some great music during it. So I think that that was the one that popped to mind. So I think that I think I'll go with that one. Gotcha. Now y'all are out of. Am I, if I'm correct, y'all are out of Philly. We're outside Philly. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
0: Nicely done. Yeah, man, I'm. How many rocking. of these have you done today? I, you're like eight. Now, okay. All so right. that's good memory. I think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> good work. <laughs> I do what I can. I do what I can. <laughs> So, uh, what's going on in the Philly scene? Anything, uh,
8: anything cool? Anybody uh, besides the Hooters? You what's know what? going on in Philly? I'm too old to know what's going on uh, in the modern uh, music world. I'm, I'm very uh, immersed in the, the stuff I've listened to for years. And right. I'm not, I'm not adverse to new music. I'm just not incredibly up on it. I'll take whatever recommendations are coming to me. All right. Well uh, then, okay.
0: Let's reverse that okay. then. Not really reverse it. We'll change it. Okay. Um, what have you heard lately
8: or recently that uh, you would recommend to people that they have not heard yet? Uh, this is probably something that, that you haven't heard. Uh, it's an album called To The Bone by Stephen Wilson. He was okay. uh, He's a musician um, who okay, used correct. to front the band Porcupine Tree. Um, my yes. favorite musician of all time. Uh, album is new. I'm still soaking it in. And it's uh, pretty much constant rotation for me every day. So, uh, it's, it's hard for me to not pick that one because it's just absolutely incredible. Am
0: I, am I wrong in thinking he had something to do with Opeth?
8: He produced them. Produced them. Okay. Produced them. And I think, uh, probably also played some guitar, did backing vocals with them at some point. Gotcha. Okay. Around the mid, mid, uh, mid, I think all of my friends that talk about both Porcupine Tree
0: and Opeth are probably bleeding into, (laughs) right, right. (laughs) That'll happen. That'll happen. Well, cool, man. Uh, one song. I'm going to do the same thing that Jelly did. One song. Pick one song that you want to play on the
8: show. Anything, any uh, genre. Okay, it um, makes makes no difference. I'll tell you what. Uh, I'll I'll go with the one one of the records I bought here was a Japanese. Uh, I, I'm a vinyl collector. Uh-huh. I've tried to avoid everybody here because I just can't afford this. The one <laughs> one uh, record I did buy was "Back to the Egg" by Wings. Uh, so I'm going to go with Old Siam, sir, by Paul McCartney and Wings. Sounds good, man. Absolutely. Craig, thank you very much for, for Ple- dropping by.
0: Pleasure meeting you. Absolutely. I, how many times can I say absolutely today? <laughs> I've been no, saying it all day, too. I have no idea. <laughs> Pods and Sods Network. Thank you very much. Check them out. We'll talk to you soon. Like you, say. <laughs> Live here at the Nashville Rock and Pod Podcast Expo. Uh, obviously from Nashville, Tennessee, because uh, I should hope they wouldn't name it that and put it in some other town. <laughs> I'm sitting here with Emily Striegel from uh, Talking Metal. Emily, how are how you, you?
11: doing? Oh good to meet good. you. This Just microphone's pretty awesome. You guys have the si- same we microphone.
0: Do. We do. This,
11: t- is this picking up what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's so all right here.
11: It was like blowing out your your microphone, Joey, before? I was talking with Joey before and I, I think yeah. I had my mouth like one inch away from it so I hope I as you don't totally really get too much
0: in the red here some people have been oh
11: yeah But you know you're I'm fine. in the red you're I'm in the pro. red a
0: little bit you're a pro there you go
11: that's better but just yeah you can just like be this. natural be natural just, just get like back this? This?
0: in. Yes. yes yes very you can't see that because of it's it's only sound but we got <laughs> no, like a we got a robot
11: robot yeah it's like she's going. in craft work now <laughs> craft work we can talk about craft actually we can't talk about craft work. I don't know anything about craft work. Well you should. I know there you little, go. I know a little bit about craft work. At least I, I know it's a band and I know that they were early on. I mean what's craft work considered really? Are they early pioneers of of electronic
0: Yes and Kraut Kraut Rock? Yes,
11: Kraut Rock. Yes. Okay. And so, Kraut yeah. rock, do you know what Krauts were? I'm from Indiana. Okay. The word Kraut means in Indiana is someone who is Amish. Huh.
0: So, uh, really, we're celebrating Amish rock. Yes. Huh. Amish rock. That is a whole different take <laughs> on on the I entire to, uh, kraut, kraut rock. Is that a genre. German term? Yes.
11: Kraut is German. And what yes. does it mean in German? Like I wonder. Kraut. I ex, I have. spreche no ein ex- bisschen Deutsch, aber nicht gut.
0: Right. You are. Yeah, I lost him. You did. You completely I, lost me.
11: <laughs> like a yeah, rave up song. You positively I, I, lost me. I, I lose most people. It's okay. I don't make a lot of sense most of the time, which is why it's shocking that my husband lets me do some podcasting.
0: You're doing a fantastic job here. Because I
11: usually here. just go off on a tangent and, I, and they can't reel me back in.
0: Well, that's kind of like our the, the genres that we have here on yeah. the Synaptic Empire, the Synaptic Radio, because
11: that works. it's all over the place. So I'm basically the perfect guest is what you're saying. You are the absolute perfect guest. <laughs> One of my favorite interviews I ever did on Talking Metal was with Jeff Tate from Queensryche. Nice. And the reason it was so fun is because I was very ill prepared, kind of I think, for the interview. Not because I didn't know a lot about Queensryche, but I just was kind of in a hurry and it was a last minute thing. Right. But we got onto this subject of saxophones because do you know he's a saxophone player?
0: I did not know that.
11: Jeff Tate plays. One hell of a saxophone. Right. Guess who played saxophone in the middle school band? You did. I did. So we talked about saxophone. And the fact that he has this really old saxophone that he tours with, and he says at night he'll put it under the tour bus, and they believe that it's somehow possessed or haunted because they think they can hear it playing itself at night.
0: <laughs> oh. Well, that's no. very interesting. <laughs>
11: That's very Honestly, that was one of my favorite stories I think right. I've ever heard. Was the, the, Like, how hysterical is that to think of a saxophone playing itself yeah. in the luggage uh, compartment of a tour bus?
0: Well, okay. When you said that they put it under the bus, I did not think luggage compartment. I actually viewed, oh. like, taking, like, duct tape,
11: oh, putting and, like, it on the
0: bottom, and maybe, like, the was wind literal. was maybe... This was a literal but, yeah, thing. Yeah, I went you, fully like an, literal. Do you
11: know what Amelia okay. Bedelia is?
0: I know the name. Yeah. She took everything
11: literally. It's a children's book. Yes. Yes. She did. Yes, She did take everything literally. Maybe you're like the Amelia Bedelia of podcasting. Because you took that. Um, When I said put it under the bus, you pictured me duct taping or them duct taping it. Yes,
0: I did. I wouldn't say that all the time. But yes, at this exact moment, (laughs) I'm Amelia Bedelia, (laughs) y'all. What's happening? What's happening? Well, cool. So Jeff Tate, you know, I saw Queens Rec a couple of times
11: the new singer or their, Richard, their, their, the, the guy who's taken over or whatever right. he's actually he's actually quite good what's his name? Todd Latour do you know what's really? interesting? I feel like he sounds vocally more like Bruce Dickinson than he does um, Jeff Tate I hear I hear Dickinson like I feel like he should be doing an Iron Maiden Like, type of thing. And maybe that's... I don't know how they found him originally, but he's excellent, actually. He's really good. Not
0: quite sure. Evidently, they... uh, they, He walked off stage not too long ago. He was telling the story about he walked off stage not too long ago and Jeff Tate was... On the side of the stage, no. and Jeff Tate was like, "Hey, you did a great job."
11: Really? Yeah, it was like, like evidently really that. cool.
0: That's really so, really cool. Yeah, so that was, a, yeah, well, it was would, a good story. I would
11: like to see Tate back with with the boys. Well, well sure. Nice. Maybe yeah. that'll happen down the line.
0: Yeah, I've actually, you know, I saw that. I saw the Operation Mindcrime tour when they opened for Metallica, oh, and then uh, oddly enough, uh, I went and saw him on Empire with uh, suicidal tendencies which was a really weird bill oh my god but uh
11: with suicidal yeah suicidal tendencies
0: suicidal tendencies and mike muir has like some of the the oddest uh stage banter
11: yeah.
0: i've ever seen and it was just kind of like you know he's talking about i was walking down the street the other day and I, walking, and I was walking and i was walking and i was walking and i saw this piece of gum and it was right there on the, on the ground and i was like i could pick it up and i could throw it away or i can make sure that nobody steps on it i could uh-huh. do this and i decided to just leave it Alone, and they would go into the song alone, oh, and it was like,
11: "My God, that sounds like how I do a podcast—just <laughs> band, horrible, right? Makes nonsensical, just maniacal banter."
0: Yeah, one and of the odd, one of the odd things I thought about that tour though was that it was the the Empire tour, yet they did Mind Crime front to back. It was like the first time I saw a band right. do. Yeah. I was like, "Why did y'all?"
11: Tate's into that though. I mean, he likes to do, he likes the stories behind his albums, and they all. Right he's really into that storytelling but it, piece but
0: it just seemed weird to like when you're promoting an album that ended up being as huge as empire empire that you know hey in the middle we're going to do yeah. the entire operation mind crime album which was great yeah i mean it was you know it was yeah. phenomenal but.
11: i discovered them on, on empire i mean it's all kind of i said this to mark numerous times it's all how old you are i think when yeah. you get turned on to a band or you know what well, I, I became you know. And I was in like, my early teens, you know. That's when Empire came out. Operation Mindcrime came out. Like I'm trying to think.
0: Eighty-eight.
11: Yeah. So yeah. I was like twelve. So I was like borderline. And Empire came out like two years later. Or yeah, ninety. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. So there
0: you go, Queens' Reich.
11: Queens' Reich. Who
0: would have thought on this on this synaptic? Have you,
11: I don't think I've ever played
0: Queens' Reich. We may. I don't know. Emily, Emily, you want to play I'm whatever down. song you want to play. Let's
11: do it. In no, the entire but-
0: realm of everything in the world, oh, what song does Emily Striegel want to play?
11: Ah, uh, Jet City Woman.
0: Okay, Jet City Woman. <laughs> We're breaking the Queen's Rock Cherry right here <laughs> on the Synaptic Empire, right here from the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Emily, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks
11: for having me. It was a blast.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs>
12: Lost all the women I've seen, but without you, I can't find
10: You're the enemy. Waited so long, I'm.
0: As you can tell, we are still live here at the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Obviously, still in Nashville because it would have never moved for any reason. Uh, you can hear that things are still going on behind us. And uh, I am sitting here with Greg Renoff, author of the brand new book, Van Halen Rising. Greg, what's happening?
13: Hey, man, I'm glad to be here. I'm having a great time. I've met a number of people here, I'd only. Had opportunity to speak to over Skype and on the phone, and so it's been kind of a, a weird, a weird but yeah, cool moment to sort of have these voices come out of people's faces instead of the other end of the phone. It's been <laughs> right. this really cool experience. Awesome, it. man! Yeah. Awesome. Where well, are you from? I am originally from New Jersey. So I, I paused right. because I was born in the Bronx, lived in Queens, New York, till I was ten, but I really grew up in New Jersey. So
0: gotcha. So where do, where are you now? Tulsa. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma, my birthplace. Is that right? Yep. Which one? Where you born
13: at?
0: St. Francis. The one. St. John's. It's kind of white. I, mean, I have no idea. It was 47 years ago, no, and I was right. well, I was you very have young. To do the research on that one. But, I was yes, very Salsa young is a when great it happened. Town. <laughs> did you Did you grow up there? I did not. We moved when I was five. We moved to a, a suburb of Fort Worth. Very cool. And uh, yeah, only yeah. child, and I just had to kind of only child with parents that like listened to nothing but like. 70s cocaine country. Yeah. And uh <laughs> yeah. And not like the good stuff either. I mean, it was just like complete glitz. No uh no desire to to like enjoy music or anything like that at all. So I just had to kind of find my way around. So so yeah, there we go. So tell us a little bit about the new book. So yeah, Van Halen Rising covers the band's
13: origins up through their 1978 79 breakout and for me as a Van Halen fan it was a period of time that I felt had not been really well documented and I wanted to start to put the timeline together in a way that actually made sense because if you ask band members you know memories are tough I can't remember that time things that happened in high school or junior high school and it was in 1977 is when this happened seventy five and I wanted to kind of as a historian lay all that out and then I hoped tell a story that really demonstrated how hard those guys work to make it, and that right. unlike some bands who end up getting a record deal very quickly, they do a demo, they never have to tour, never have to tour or play live very much, they get a deal, or they, it happens without too much pain and suffering. These guys played in Hollywood starting in 1974, didn't get a deal until 1977, and then their album comes out in 78, and they finally make it after starting the band in 1973, so I, I thought it was a great untold story. The other angle I really enjoyed about it was the was the mix of personalities in the band obviously you had the van hill right. brothers blue collar immigrants working with this guy david lee roth who is clearly from a a different socioeconomic category much wealthier just a different and a different personality and how did they make that all all work musically in terms of their their uh commitment to trying to make uh the, the whole thing work in the context of a band where normally these guys probably wouldn't hang out together as friends otherwise right right
0: I Gotcha. So what was the inspiration? I mean, just a lifelong Van Halen yeah, fan? Yeah, lifelong
13: Van Halen fan. And it was ended up being really in the book. It was the stuff I wanted to know. And so right. I... Did you have access to the band? I had only access to Michael Anthony. So my plan was yes. to kind of start... I mean, I know that seems kind of like the expected an answer. So I, I started, and my idea was to basically get as much material collected and get the book together as much as I could before I approached the band. So actually those guys, when I actually approached Uh, Eddie and got a very polite no from Eddie and then I uh, approached Dave's or his people and about two weeks later I got a no from his people. It was at that point where the book was already kind of come out regardless. And so, you know, I kind of knew intuitively that they were not going to just be like, hey man, yeah, why don't you like come out to LA we'll sit down and have coffee and we'll talk about Van Halen. So I kind of knew that wasn't going to be the deal. And so I, I just figured that between the number of interviews those guys have done over the years and then being able to interview people who hired them for backyard parties, people who promoted... Mm-hmm. gigs for them at local local civic centers, people who owned bars they played at, guys like Mark Kendall of Great White, Rusty Anderson from Paul McCartney's band, and all down the line all these other guys who ended up going on. Tommy Gervin who plays with Eddie Money Now, who played in bands that played on the same stage as Vade Allen. I right. felt like I had enough to be able to have enough perspectives from musicians and from basically civilian fans who were disguised as bands, people who went to high school with those guys to be able to tie it all together and give a good sense of the sort of the what how they saw the band grow. And so my my approach to the book was to really have enough information where I could paint that picture without having to be able to ask Eddie, like, so what did you think about this? Because I knew that was not gonna be the the deal. And I'd say just for sake of for having it on, on on the podcast, the really the question I wanted to ask Eddie was was basically like what at what moment Was the lowest moment for you guys before you made it? Like, what did you really think was never going to happen? Was it the Gene Simmons thing? Was it, you know, was there some fight that you had with Dave that really felt like the band was going to split or something? I was really curious about that. That would have been my question. Like, what was their their darkest moment as a band before they actually made it?
0: Right. So basically, kind of taking that approach, you kind of get to avoid like sort of like revisionist history. To an extent. You know, I mean like to where the band doesn't necessarily get to say, well, well you know, and get to like move the narrative in a in a different way. Well, you get so, to So let me say this different. with yeah.
13: So far be it from me, and I want to be clear about this, it's like I never in my wildest dreams ever thought they were going to participate only because I am not I'm not some uber rock writer with like sure. well, like you know, oh it's you know it's it's Stephen King wants to write a Van Halen book of course we're going to sit down with Stephen King if he wants to write a Van Halen book and so I say this but the, that is the flip side of the participation would be if you had a band member who was in and wanted to do it presumably they would say let me read this and be like no and this is oh who told you that that's not how it happened at all right and you would have this more you know it would basically become a quasi official which is nothing wrong with that, but it's a different book than the one I wrote. So I was like totally okay with the whole way it ended up shaking up, because again, I knew the book was going to come out, and then there's that, because that, you have to assume they're not going to be like, considering who they are, they're not just going to say, oh, you write whatever you want. You know, sure, I'll tell you this. It's like, it's, you know, I get a not knowing, but that would be my assumption, that they would say, we need to have a sit down, and we're gonna go through things and figure out how you're gonna actually present it. So. Not
0: necessarily like Stillwater and uh, almost famous. Yeah, right. Telling exactly. a kid, hey, just write whatever you want.
13: Yeah, right.
0: No way, none of that happened. Right.
13: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, that's and that's the thing about doing a, a book where you have the band as a collaborator the, or the artist as a collaborator. It's their story and and it, that's the thing you recognize it's their story and they're right. telling it the way they remember it where this is I did 240 interviews it was more of a collective biography where you're getting 15 people who are at a backyard party what they remember at the backyard party rather than just right. one person's memory of the backyard party
0: for better or for worse very cool man very cool yeah. uh, I'm going to hit you with a give me a song we're playing we're playing music here on this show too so uh, one what, song what song we're gonna go
3: out with here.
13: Yep. Why don't we go what out with "Dance the Night Away"? Dance the Night Away
1: by Dance Van Halen.
0: By Van Halen. Yeah. That'll be a. That's gonna be a first, actually, here on the Synaptic. Okay. Little uh, little Van Halen. And probably the most pop song they did
13: before Jump, I would say. Correct. The most and you know
0: that's that's actually my. Intro is jump. Yeah, and I remember like being like massively into the 1984 record, and uh, I, I was like 14, 15, and I hadn't gotten to go to shows yet. But I just remember I was going. God, that's that's it. That's gonna be my first concert. I want to go see Van Halen. Yeah. I'm so excited. And then you know, and then David Lee Roth was gone. He was, and going to the band was not on, a the band. Uh, I was not a huge Van Hagar fan myself at the time. So, I like it more now. So, and I did.
13: Right. Yes, yeah, so I think you and I are probably the same age, and it was like the same. I was like 14 at the time, and it was the same type of thing. I was telling somebody, I, I remember hearing there were little rumors that were starting to pop up before the actual news came out that they had broken up, and it just it just couldn't believe. Like, you're like, they're not going to break up, or whatever. They're Van Halen, they're not going to break right. up. They're like the biggest band in the world, they're not going to break up. And then what happened, it was sort of, yeah, it was. Almost like I said to somebody, it was like hearing your parents are getting divorced or something. It was like this very surreal, like, how is this happening, this can't be happening type of thing.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, so. I ended up, I
0: ended up uh, about 10 years later, in 90, 95, 96, I ended up getting into a discussion uh, with a, a manager of mine at a, a music store that I worked at. And uh, he was saying, because uh, he was of the... Uh, Sammy Hagar came. He was a huge fan. He was like, Sammy Hagar is the one that ended up making that band. He was like, they were they were done after 1984. They were done. And I was like, I don't think so. I don't think that their meteoric like rise to even further superstardom had anything to do with Sammy Hagar coming on board. I was like, I think that they're probably that trajectory wasn't going to, to waver. Right, unless
13: they really like blew it with a terrible record or right. something.
0: Right. What do you think? No, I mean I think
13: I think I just you know. Here's what I want to say about this. The interesting thing about this is that Van Halen did get bigger in terms of their live draw after, or they stayed as big, at least after Sammy joined. The thing I was just talking to someone else about here is that what's really interesting is that when Edom and Smile comes out and and, uh, 5150 are out and they're competing records, Roth was doing one night at Madison Square Garden, one night at the Meadowlands. When I was in New, Jer- in New Jersey at that time, I remember very distinctly, there were three nights at the Meadowlands. They did three nights at the Cow Palace. They were right. doing Van Halen yeah. as a live act. Did they, I don't know, did they did they, two
0: nights in, at Tarrant County Convention Center, the same that you 2 did yeah. in 87. Yeah, so they so, were basically yeah.
13: topping out the market. And, and, and uh, interesting to think think about is that how that affected Roth to think about, wow, I've left this group, they've got Sammy in the group, and now they're actually arguably as big, or, or arguably bigger, but at least as big. Like there's been like no bump in the road. And in fact, you know, um, you know his sales had, Roth sales had, had not been, you know, not been what 1984 sales were. So that's sort of an interesting thing to think about. But, um, you know, I think if they had made a bad record, it probably could have been a situation where things could have gone south for those guys, but at that point, I think that was sort of Eddie's the, the what I would consider to be the end of Eddie's then elite period as a songwriter. That's sort of like the very end. That was the tail end of that, and so I think I think unless they had gotten a terrible singer, someone was really a poor fit. I think right. it would have been you know I think they got like they could have gotten Billy Squire, and it would have been I think presumably as successful a record maybe not as successful, right. but i i think it was more eddie songs than it was just sort of like only sammy although let's face it, sammy sang great on that record he was great for the band it was a, it was a great they picked the right guy i think for for that obviously so, long right. answer i know
0: hey I, and i got a bonus question out of it right there so yeah so there we go yeah Greg, enjoyed it very much thank, thank you, for having you very me. much this is dance the night away greg's pick from you Van Halen BC. <laughs> on WNBC. M- oh, 1979. We are still here live at the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. As uh, as you can imagine, you can hear it all behind me. Uh, it's still in Nashville. It's still, uh, so yeah, that's that's where we're coming from. I'm sitting here with Gary Schaller from Podkist.
5: Man, I, I feel like a traitor to the rebellion. I've, I've joined the Synaptic Empire.
0: So there you go, man. It's You always go remember to the dark side. Everybody does. They're more fun anyway. <laughs>
5: Fairing They're up. blowing up planets. They've They're got cookies. Got cookies. They're right. choking
0: people out. Yeah, without even having to touch them. I know it's, yeah. uh, it's some good stuff. Some good stuff. So what happens over there on podcast? What can you tell me about that? And my seven listeners out there, and well, in the synaptic empire. World? Well,
5: all seven of you, listen up. First of all, there's more than seven. I'm sure. <laughs> like all eight of you, listen up. So uh, podcast is the longest running. I'm proud to say. I think it's the longest running kiss themed. Podcast on the worldwide interwebs. Um, we, uh, my, my myself and my co-host Ken Mills, otherwise known as the the, the Pod Father, who has eighty seven million um, podcasts that he does uh, as well. Uh, we we host this show. It's podcast. We've had tons of um, musicians on it, tons of other podcasters, um, anything and everything to do with KISS. Um, it's really like anything's on the table. We'll talk about the comic books. We'll talk about the action figures. We'll talk about the band. Sometimes we even talk about the music, uh, the movies, anything, you name it. Uh, we want to cover all aspects, all eras of history.
0: Well, That's very interesting. All, all things encompassing KISS. Absolutely. I like that. You know, I wasn't allowed to listen to KISS as a kid.
5: Because they were too cool.
0: Uh, because of Knights in Satan's Service and the Baptist Church.
5: Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> I was not allowed. Everybody else. I was, I was born in 1970. Right. I mean, I was like the the like absolute age <laughs> that I should have been able to listen to Kiss. And uh, like all the kids at my school were able to listen to it and, and everything. I never, heard, I never even heard a Kiss song until I was 13. And uh, one of the guys that I went to school with played... Uh, uh, Detroit Rock City for me. For the, it was the first time I ever heard nice. anything. Yeah, he had the Destroyer record, and uh, it is the right record, right?
5: Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, my parents were, were worried about Kiss a little bit. I think I, I think they were they were just concerned about like what I I don't know what I focus enough on the other things that are important in life, right? Right. You know, with this uh, this rock band that's all of a sudden all over your walls and you're singing their songs, etc. But um, they've been super supportive yeah. uh, throughout. I went ahead and fully rebelled, and I've seen Slayer 22 times. So, right. So you are just, it's like, there's no going back, fully yeah. sat- satanic now, <laughs> yeah. and that's it. Completely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's actually, I don't know how
0: coincidental it was, but for uh, my eight, for I was 18, and for Christmas that year, uh, my mom got me a, uh, a giant stack of every LP except for The Elder. Wow, like the had come out at that point so I guess it was everything up to not including hot in the shade so she she came around as well she came around I have no idea if it was a conscious thing or if it was like a, oh hey I'm running across the kiss records while I'm looking for Christmas stuff because she uh. learned that I wanted you know that I liked used records and they were cheaper than new and but then yeah I got me like a giant stack of like all the kiss that's kiss awesome records. you know Vary, you know varying degrees
5: of uh, of a uh, you know, uh, shape. Our moms but. are good people. Our moms oh, yeah. are good people. I remember my mom running out uh, to Caldor. I don't know if that's a store that anyone listening remembers. It was like a, it was like a Target or a Walmart, Caldor. Um, and and getting me a vinyl copy of Pink Floyd the Wall. Nice. And it's like one of my happy mom memories. Yeah. I got
0: that for the Christmas prior.
5: Nice. <laughs> Christmas uh, 87. Yeah. That's a heck of a record. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Absolutely. 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 You want to play a song? Oh, I would love to. You know what? As we're talking about Pink Floyd, uh-huh. right? Um, there is a Pink Floyd song that delights me. It's, it's one of my favorite Pink Floyd songs, and you never get to hear it on the radio, on, on podcasts, or whatever. It's a song called Paintbox. Okay. Okay. I don't know if you've got, if you have that. Uh, I'm sure I do. All right. I've got the discovery box, so I think I've got. Oh yeah, excellent. Everything. So, so. it's a song called Paintbox. It's from 1967, I believe. Um, and it was a B-side, and uh, written and sung by Richard Wright, the late, great Richard Wright, the keyboard player. Right. One of my favorite Pink Floyd songs. Super interesting, poppy, great chord progression. Uh, I hope everybody enjoys listening to it. Awesome.
0: That is actually the second Pink Floyd.
5: All right, what was the first?
0: On the, uh, it was uh, from uh, Final Cut, Mark Striegel. Oh, uh, really? Picked uh, John... Well, I can't even remember the name. Not Now, right? John. Not Now, John.
5: Thank you. Yes. Yeah. The, the profanity-laden Not Now, John. Yes. Good song. Yes. As a matter of fact, awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much thank for coming on. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Y'all
0: pick up uh, pick up, and subscribe to Podcast. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon.
5: Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for gonna You can sign my yearbook.
14: With so many fools Playing to rules Trying to impress But feeling rather empty to go Out to a show So what can I do? I can't think what to say i
0: We are still live here at the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo in fabulous Nashville, Tennessee. Obviously, that's the only place that the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo would happen, because it's Nashville. And uh, why would they have it somewhere else? and call it Nashville, right?
15: Yeah, well, I mean, they
0: can't
15: can't well have it in Memphis, you know, and call it the Nashville uh, Rock and Pod Festival, no.
0: Exactly. That voice you hear is from the Great Albums podcast. It is Brian Erickson. Brian, what's happening, man? How are you? What's going on.
15: What's going on. I mean, How's just, things?
0: Things are great, man. Just uh, kicking back, meeting, uh, meeting a bunch of other podcasters, pressing the flesh, and trying to promote uh, the Synaptic Empire.
15: Yeah. So, I mean, we... Uh, well, you, you just shared your Pearl Jam story with us. We met uh, in person not not that long ago, a little right, earlier yeah, today.
0: just... Old friends, at least like 45 minutes.
15: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, go, we go way back.
0: Exactly. So, Brian, tell the nice people about, uh, about the Great Albums podcast. What do you do on
15: there? Uh, well, each week uh, we do a two-hour-long episode where uh, my host, Bill Lambusta, and myself, uh, we have a guest in. Uh, the guest picks a record, and we basically talk about it as fans. Uh, track by track. It's not necessarily a critique. It's not a, uh, a sort of evaluation. It's how do you get into it? Why do you like it? What makes it great? There's not so much. Um, it's not criti- it, We we're, Our sort of unofficial slogan we like to tell people is uh, we are fans, not critics. All right. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Kind of a an unobjective look at at records yeah and i mean we do you know sometimes it'll go down a critical avenue or if we have a say a guest with production experience we might get a little more technical uh one week but it's never there's never an obligation to do that the only obligation we have one week to the next is to bring whatever love we or the guest has for the record in question that's the only thing
0: is a very interesting concept. I like it. What's, uh, what's the latest episode? What record did y'all dissect and talk about?
15: Uh, well, we've got one coming out um, this coming week. We have um, a guest uh, by the name of Daryl Sellers from a fantastic New Jersey band called Low Light. Highly recommend you look them up. Uh, and we'll be talking about the lonesome crowded West by Modest Mouse. Ooh,
0: that is a good record.
15: Yeah, yeah. first time I saw him was on was on that tour oh, back in uh, back in the late nineties. Yeah, it would, well it
0: would have been two thousand. It was right before Moon and Antarctica came oh, out. Oh wow! They were playing South by Southwest at uh, the Austin Music Hall. It was just stacked. Bill, it was Modest Mouse, and Delta 72, Tenacious D was the li- before wow. before getting signed. Tenacious D. Wow. Uh, where they were, uh, they had a great comedy bit where they. Talked about how they did. Uh, they were only in it for uh, for the art, and it's do not contact their agent about uh, signing them or promoting them or any any way, shape, or form. Gave her name, gave her number.
3: That's do not really call funny.
0: her. It was hysterical. Um, the Bevis Frond was on that uh, show. Oh, I like them. And uh, who was? Oh, 7-0. Oh, dude, that's
15: dude. funny. We just did a um, earlier in August. We did an episode about Dinosaur Junior. Right. um and every Thursday we do like a bonus song episode uh it's only about a half hour long so the Monday episodes are two hours Thursdays are a half hour but we did our little bonus episode on Sebado and I'm sure right. we're gonna get to one of Sebado's three or four uh, one of their three four five whatever excellent albums but right. uh, we talked about the Freed pig. In particular like we'll pick one song and focus on that on Thursdays it's related to the Monday episode right and yeah so we got to kind of unpack a little bit of Lou Barlow and maybe preview an eventual full-length episode gotcha uh, seven I love Sebado. Yeah. the
0: bummer of the night was that uh modest mouse was almost near the end of their set they were closing with cowboy Dan uh, oh, and they wow. got up to that the the big low part the yep. the dynamically you know soft part of the song and uh, the sound guy thought they were finished. Uh, Isaac, Isaac was even—he you know, had been doing the whole thing of like talking into the into the pickups, and they were yeah. doing all this great stuff. And just as it's about to come back in and swell back in, lights came on, and they're like, uh. they're like, um,
1: "What are we doing? Oh my goodness. What's going
0: on?" So, uh. yeah,
15: that was a big disappointment, but yeah. yeah. Exactly. I'm guessing you've seen them. You've seen Modest Mouse. I have before. not seen them. I have not. You know, I had like half a chance to see them. Talk about being regretful. And this is one of the reasons, actually, why I don't do this anymore. But I had a chance to see them when they were on the uh, on tour with R.E.M., which proved True. to be R.E.M.'s last tour. Right. And then R.E.M.'s just like, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. We're done. Yeah. Oh, so I missed Modest Mouse. And R.E.M., and, e. and uh, I kind of said to myself, um, and also that same year, I think I missed George Carlin, like 10 minutes down the road from where I was living. Right. I was like, never again. If there's anybody I even remotely want to see, don't question it. Go see him. Right. And then I knocked down, uh, like, Bob Dylan, Paul McCartney uh saw leonard cohen twice like that oh, was just yeah. that's, a, that's a good get i didn't get yeah to see him. Like, oh i got to see him that was saw him. made like made a point to say okay well i got to see all these people saw brian wilson twice nice got uh, to see got to see him do the do the, the 50th anniversary mm, with the beach yep, boys saw, yeah it was the beach boys and then i saw brian wilson just himself nice um, front row which was oh, incredible. nice yeah, I got to
0: see that. We went and saw Rod Stewart a couple weeks back. and Let me tell you what, phenomenal. He can yeah. still
15: bring it, man. It was
0: incredible. Saw that. Uh, I got to see Brian Ferry earlier this year.
15: Oh, I love Which Brian when I discovered Brian Ferry, I started, like, dressing and combing my hair a lot differently than I used to. <laughs> but you're
0: just going to leave it at that, dressing and combing your hair. And then that was it. It's like, good, well, well, I'm glad you
15: discovered that. Well, well, then also, you know, discovered, like, the, you know... Ten amazing albums that he's, you know, a part of. Also, oh yeah. Like, I mean, they're great. Roxy music is like unimpeachable. Yeah.
0: He did the majority of the set. Of, the majority of the set was Roxy music. Hell yeah. So yeah, yeah it was. Uh, and that and it was And that's, cool. that's, that's, that's good, the closest good. I'm ever going to get. And, and I saw some people kind of like complaining that, you know, they didn't get any like a lot of Brian Ferry solo material, and I was just kind of like, man, this guy hasn't played Dallas since '94 this let is the first him. time we've gotten to see it you know, take what you can get yeah you know don't don't complain don't complain you know same yeah. thing with uh you know mate like when iron maiden comes to town you uh, just take what you get
15: exactly so yeah good times you can't can't start asking around yeah. uh yeah. you can't start requesting with, exactly. with with either artists or bands like that exactly no way. so you just kind of let them play their show let them give you what they're doing and yeah. And you take yeah. it. Neil Young, is, although he plays out a lot more than they do, uh, than right. Hayden or, or Brian Ferry, but I think that's the sort of attitude you need to go take when you see Uncle Neil. Sure. It's just... Or Dylan. You, yes. The one oh, time I saw Dylan, Dylan was horrible. Oh, Absolutely my Absolutely, horrifically bad. It's like you could get... I, I've seen Dylan twice. I was lucky enough to see him in um, relatively small spaces before he started kind of playing the stadiums again right uh and he really did a great job both times and now he's playing kind of the jazz stuff the frank sinatra and it's right. interesting but now it's kind of like you could get that or you could get you know the dylan that you want to see right yeah this was uh, completely unintelligible did not recognize a single line of
0: anything in the entire show until he goes pardon my dylan but everybody's got a dylan he goes, to
12: Maggie Farm, no more.
10: Yep. And, like, and then he yeah. and then
0: that was like literally the end. That was like hey, and then he
15: walked walk off and yeah, like, okay, he did well. uh, he, he would on a couple songs he changed the music. So like Blind Willie McTell and um, what's that song, Things Have Changed? Right. It's like he's doing uh, like a different piece of music. And I'm like, wait, is he? Playing? Yeah, I guess he is. But he wrote a whole different piece of music around this song, like just—it's just like just to make it interesting for himself right. and no one else. It's somewhat like the—if uh, you're a Joe Jackson fan, uh, I've seen him. Yeah, I've seen him. Oh, a couple what times. a great, what a showman he was. But like that—that uh, that live 80 through
0: '86. Yep. Where he just completely rearranges things. Everything. Like, oh, was it like the third. Like the third decade or the, the third set or whatever of that of that show or of that that record because i think it's like it's broken up in, well it's broken up into four sides for for lp yep and i think it's like the third side that's just like stepping out sounds absolutely nothing, nothing like, like stepping, stepping out. out yeah uh one of the three different versions of it. is she really going out with him that's on there and yeah just a complete reworking uh, yeah, yeah. It can
15: be a little challenging to be a fan of of a Dylan or even a Joe Jackson, but I'll tell you though, if you see if they're hitting on all cylinders, like it's it's worth it. Like you got to just go. Like you said, they're here. You know, you paid your ticket. Get on the ride and go, yeah. and just whatever happens or doesn't happen, like you just because you're gonna because you're gonna get yeah. you're gonna get all ruffled if you say, "Oh man, I really wish he would have," you know, this, that, or the other. Just say, you know what, I got to see Dylan, I got to see Joe Jackson, I got to see Brian Wilson, right. whoever it is, Here and, is, and just you know, li- kind of live with that.
0: My only my like like I said, I mentioned Rod Stewart. The first show of the entire tour, he did, well, he's been doing, like, a, an acoustic set in the middle of the show. Oh, I love that. And, uh, yeah, for the first show of the entire tour, he cut out Ooh La La for something else. And it was like, that's like one of my top oh, 10, yeah. well, 20 favorite songs. Well, you know, that's not even songs, his. You know? uh, Ronnie Wood did that one. Right. He wrote that. Right. But, I mean, you're a Faces fan. You love yeah. that voice, and you love that that yeah. You know that delivery and everything. And it was just been kind of like, well, that's a bummer. The entire tour until Dallas, he's been doing it. He's was like, oh, we got another song we're gonna do tonight. We haven't the first time we've done it in X amount of years. And, you know, yeah. Show ends and you didn't get ooh La la. But you know, regardless, he was he was incredible. Brian, you're gonna play a song. What do you want to play? Ooh, on the uh, spot, any anything in the realm of music. What uh, do you want
15: to do? Oh, are, are you throwing? Are you get Spotify? You throwing something on, or uh? dude, I'm, I'll just figure it out. Probably between between me and my producer Joey Haney
0: of thin name. Uh, I'm sure that we can probably come up with virtually anything. You can go, now, like I was. Uh, I was telling Eric Miller from Odds and Sods, you
15: know, don't uh, don't find like some like single-sided single. That was well, no, only, like any, twenty any, copies. Any song. So okay, well you know what? Let's what take it do? back. Uh, like I said, we had this great guest for our Modest Mouse episode. Uh-huh. Uh, his name is Daryl from this band Low Light. Low Light has a really good song that Daryl was kind of the primary architect for. It's called Dirt. Okay. I know it's on Spotify. It's on Bandcamp. It's out. It's out there. You it's can find there. it. Dirt by Lowlight. Let's hear that. All right. That really great good. country, uh, kind of country rock band from New Jersey. Awesome, man.
0: Brian Erickson, I appreciate you coming by. I
15: appreciate you having me. Great thank albums.
0: You. Go, uh, go download it and subscribe and all of that stuff. And uh, thank you. We'll see you later. Thank you.
15: It's been my pleasure.
0: We're still here live, the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. I am sitting here with the guy who put it all together, the mastermind behind everything, Chris Sinzak of Decibel Beat. God damn, I can't even say Decibel. Chris Sinzak of Decibel Geek podcast. Who's that? Uh, you. I'm Tommy Thayer. No, you are Tommy Thayer. Yeah, yeah.
2: You want your gutters cleaned? No. <laughs> but no, I uh, I'm, I didn't
0: recognize you without the makeup. Right,
2: right. No, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Your Absolutely. Show, man. Thanks
0: for dropping by, man. I know you've been a busy day today. Yeah, it's or a busy guiding Yeah. Yeah. We
2: yeah. got through the hardest part. Now, awesome, like, man. Now it's just it's uh, chill out for a while. Listen to uh, cover songs played creatively, and then do breakdown. (laughs) I think that's probably being generous. Yeah. I, I backed out of my version. I was going <laughs> to I was going to play charisma, but I never got the time to learn it. So, I'm just going to get drunk and watch you guys play. Oh, I'm not doing oh. anything. Oh, you're not playing tonight. Oh, no. I oh have,
0: okay. I have zero skills. No. Oh. This is my this is my only skill is like finding music to tell the other people about. Right. That's a good so, skill to have, too. That's what I try to do. That's what we're all doing. That's what I try points. to do. I tell you what, after last night, uh, it seems that the uh, the rock metal uh uh, scene here, yeah, is a uh, pretty alive man because I, I can tell you what back home in DFW, yeah, not really, doesn't ex- doesn't exist. Not Things really. like like the tip does not exist. Well, we're we're very so, fortunate
2: right now to be in Nashville at this time. because right. I grew up here and it wasn't always this way. Gotcha. I, uh, I played in rock okay. and metal bands all through the '90s, and there was nobody interested in it then. Right, but everyone moved here, and like most of the '80s scene lives here now. So it's just. Everyone congregates, and then we got, but we now have talent coming into town to become big, like Denman, who played last night at the pre party, right? Moved here from New York, who I missed. Oh, you missed? I was so, yeah,
0: I was really looking forward to them. I really enjoyed their uh, their episode that they did on Decibel Geek. Thanks, man. Yeah, 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 that was good. Really good
2: young guys, man. And yeah, they're in their 20s, and they've got the same spirit of. Dokken era stuff, right? You know? I, I just I love them, man. They're great.
0: It seemed cool, yeah. It was a very spirited, uh, spirited audience. But you enjoyed
2: the tip, right?
0: Yeah, the tip was good, yeah, man. This is a they good sleazy good.
2: rock and roll. Kind yeah, of, very sleazy. Kind of New York dolly type yeah. Stuff. Yeah, I love. Exactly. Kind of.
0: I kind of uh, pictured it like working at my buddy's club, who does a uh, uh, like mostly punk rock. Yeah. I was like, this could actually work for that that section oh, yeah. Of, yeah. of like the punk, it's the kind punk of rock. Yeah. You know the rock people in that. So Absolutely. so yeah, so that was cool. So happy with everything? Yeah, it went pretty good. I'm motioning good. around at, at the expo. Yeah.
2: Well, we're, we're we're getting close to an emptier house now cuz people are packing up, but uh,
0: which means people can probably hear you better.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'm <laughs> not going to hear myself. But uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was a, a manic, crazy, chaotic day, and it flew by. Yeah. Like just now, it feels like time slowed down a little bit. But uh, yeah, yeah, the first all the way through about three o'clock, it was just go 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 go, and uh, you know trying to keep everyone on track. And I had some good people really helping me out with it. I got I had April and Chrissy at these signing tables and. They handled all of that for me. I didn't even have to go buy it. Right. And uh, I had Tracy helping with the stage and keeping everybody on track with the timing. And, yeah, if you don't have good people helping you with this stuff, then it doesn't work. Exactly. As a matter of, I think I was actually mentioning that to to Joey from Rock
0: Strikes 10 fame, who I seem to reference every single show. Um, Joey's great. uh, Mm -hmm. I was saying last night, I was like, I bet, I was like, more than likely he's got... a a good group of people around him as a support to make sure that everything comes off tomorrow which was today uh without a hitch and it seemed like everything went well
2: it went pretty good we had a couple hiccups but any event of this size you're gonna have issues but i can't can't complain at all it's been good
0: how much have you already planned for for, a year two
2: Mm, don't ask uh no i I, (laughs) i hope we can do a year two um you know, I don't. If we do the crowdfunding thing, we'll have to. Be, we might have to get more creative, right? Because I wonder, you know, if we got a lot of donors because of this thing, this could be the only time we do it. But uh, I am going to be shopping for actual sponsorship from uh, from a bigger company, right? And if we can land good size sponsorship, then it's definitely happening because gotcha. there's less strain getting the money up. Um, but I got some people that are in. Huh? You
10: did. He just
2: announced You're You're not serious.
0: You are the winner. You just won the Rock Strikes Ten raffle. Yes, you
10: did.
2: Are you Ed McMahon right now? Right, right, as we were talking. Wow, that is that is oh, that's crazy a great talk. Album. <laughs> You guys are well worth the that's I do. Wow. Oh I love that album. <laughs> we are currently oh looking through the box. Well let me finish my interview at, with uh, Randy before uh, I, things. I dig into it.
0: Well, wow, and, that's uh, awesome. wow. We can right there at that moment. At that moment when it happened, a last minute entry and you won. I know,
2: I just now entered. Yeah. I watched you pay your money just so, like minutes yes, ago. I, I paid fair and square. <laughs> but no, I mean like I say we uh, if we can land sponsorship next year then we're rolling, you know. Right. And, uh, but the question is, do we do it in Nashville again or do we do it somewhere else?
0: My follow-up question right there was, well, do you, do you think about migrating?
2: I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, honestly, like uh, Rich and Wally, who are two writers from my show, that that they have their own show now called Canadian Geeks with Beer Chat Metal, which is right. not wordy at all. They, um, they floated the idea, I think, more as a joke. I'm recording, Dick. Um, they floated the idea of doing it in toronto oh wow and oh, yeah. they've got a lot of connections to rock stars that live up in canada like killer dwarves and Brighton rock and those bands right so maybe rush. maybe we could seriously look no not rush try no, them no, i don't know about that although rick emmett is in town tonight
1: yeah there you go i tried getting him but it didn't happen
2: but uh, i'm uh i'm i'm a little bit enticed by the idea of doing it in toronto right Plus, it's less work for me. They can handle all that. It's true. The make everybody work. get
0: passports.
2: Uh, oh, that's true. But I would love to go to Toronto. Yeah. I think it would be fun. It could be fun, too. But, Nashville, but Nashville is a, a great place. I mean, this It's my it's, first time here. So. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Have you got to see much of the city since you got here? Uh,
0: not much at all. Oh, that's no. right. Yeah. Well, didn't have much... Uh, didn't really have a whole lot of time so yeah with my time constraints but you know the fact that I was able to make it is, oh yeah we're glad you could said oh thanks man thanks you got to meet a lot of cool people and, yeah I think we had a and, really uh, good
2: mix of podcasters too yeah you kind of the whole gamut yeah exactly and so Ian I'm, and Ralph yeah <laughs> 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 that was interesting was it not yeah yeah, I, uh, I I didn't know the expo was going to turn uh, triple expo uh, right after at 5:30. But we got through it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet you did. We all did. We all made it through. So yeah. so that's good. So that's good. All right. Well, we have joked uh, about you playing your uh, your favorite Depeche mode song.
2: Oh boy. Uh,
0: we've uh, it's been a running joke here for uh, a week. Yeah. Maybe just between the two. Of- you know, not that anybody really knows that, but um, so you said earlier
2: that you wanted to play. Uh, what was it that you wanted to play earlier? Play a kiss song. A kiss song. No. He's I, never played kiss well, I told him earlier I was going to play um, the three to four seconds of blank space between tracks two and three on the debut album. Oh, That's really? my. Uh, let's not. Let's, yeah, let's, let's not do that. I'll
0: play Depeche Mode before I play Taylor Swift. <laughs> That's very good. All right, so what pick? You don't have to pick a Depeche Mode song. I was, I've been just busting oh, okay. you.
2: Just any song?
0: Busting you. Any song, any other song in the world that you want to play?
2: And it doesn't have to be Kiss. I'm going to make Joey very happy because I know he agrees that I love this this song. I am gonna go with Alice Cooper. Wind up away from Hey Stupid.
0: There we go. Alice Cooper, right here on the Synaptic Radio. Chris, thank you so much for dropping by, oh, it's my and pleasure. thank you for the weekend. Had a great time. I'm right, glad you could. Have, glad looking you could forward to looking forward to next year. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Let's
2: do it. All right, man. Thanks, man. Thank you.
10: shaking
0: But not least, definitely not least, thank Chris Sinzak from the Decibel Geek podcast who uh, dropped by to chat at the very end of a long day. And he was such a gracious host and pretty much the guy who shouldered the entire show, the entire Nashville and Pod Expo, kind of uh, between he and uh, Brian J. Cramp, I believe it was a lot of their, uh, their doing, and Aaron Camaro also from Decibel Geek, I believe between the three of them. They uh, they kind of came up with the concept and everything but and uh, executed, but it was Chris that was really like the heart and soul of the whole thing. So, Chris, thank you so much, buddy. Uh, had a great time. Thank you for the uh, opening night. The, the pre-party was, was great, the tip. I missed Denman. I was disappointed. I wanted to see him, but uh, I did get to see the tip, who, uh, what I saw, just rocked it. They were great. Hope to get them to Fort Worth sometime. So uh, hear that if you guys from the tip are listening, because I'm sure you're dialed in to my little Fort Worth podcast here. Uh, but <laughs> come to Fort Worth. You need to come to Fort Worth and rock the faces off of the people. And uh, that would be great. Thanks. But yeah, definitely. Chris Sinzak, ladies and gentlemen, I'd applaud, but it'd be too loud. And that wraps up our installment from the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Very good time had out there. I uh, got to meet a lot of really cool people and a lot of really nice people. Man, yeah, there should be a second one next year, and uh, looking forward to it. Hopefully get to see uh, everybody out there again and, uh, you know, maybe make some more new friends. That'd be, uh, that'd be really cool. I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you uh, the cold open on the beginning was Polly Jean from the Toadies off their brand new record, The Lower Side of Uptown. Just came out last week as I'm recording this, so go uh, go pick that up if you like some loud guitar rock. Brand new toadies, and uh, you know that they're friends of the old synaptic empire, the synaptic radio. So there you have it. I'd like to thank all of the podcasters that took a time to uh, stop by and hang out and chat with me. Had a uh, Gary Schaller from Podkist. he dropped by. We also had a uh, Greg Renoff. Uh, who wrote uh, the Van Halen Rising book. Uh, Pretty cool stuff there. Also, uh, Brian Erickson of the Great Albums podcast. We had Lee McCormick from Tramps Like Us, a Bruce Springsteen podcast. Both Eric Miller and Craig Smith of Pods and Sods. They both dropped by. We had uh, Mark Striegel and his wife Emily Striegel from Talking Metal. Uh, That was a very nice little twofer. You heard Joey, my producer, from Rock Strikes 10. In the intro at the beginning there, and uh, we also got to chat with Randy Hall from that dandy classic music hour. He came by as well, so uh, greatly appreciate everybody who took uh, who took some time to chat. I appreciate that more than you will ever know. Greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. Looking forward to next year. Looking forward to next year and learning. Uh, you know, because we all don't don't always know everything. You know. Yeah, I will say, you know, there were some uh, there were definitely some big personalities out there and I was a small fish. So any of you seven listeners out there listening, hopefully, maybe there's two more uh, from the uh, from the expo. (laughs) I hope so. But, uh, you know, I was a small fish out there with a with a lot of big personalities. And uh, I'd like to thank everybody who uh, was accommodating and nice and dropped by and took time to, uh, you know, to talk to me. I appreciate that. A couple of people didn't. I thought they would drop by and talk to me, but they didn't. So uh, that's uh, that's just how things go. That's just how things go. Next year. See what all transpires next year. I'm going to leave you with this. As I was saying, you can't always know every single thing. And uh, as we learned in this show that uh, Brian Erickson of uh, The Great Albums, he told me basically that uh, I've had the rasp. <laughs> I've mixed up Ron Wood's and uh, Rod Stewart's rasp for a long time now. I didn't uh, didn't really. I'm really new at the faces I'm not going to lie, although I've played him a few times here. I'm really new, and uh, I'm not at the point where I'm devouring music and uh, music information like I once was when I was younger and spryer (laughs) and a little quicker of mind. But, you know, you do what you can. I, uh, yeah. So he, uh, kind of in no uncertain terms, sort of, I think he tried to gently tell me that, no, no, that's that's a Ronnie Wood song, and I... Had to look it up later. And I was actually down for like a day. <laughs> I was like, you're kidding. I got to look like a complete idiot right there on my show. But again, you know, we can't all know every single thing always. Joey does. Joey remembers and knows everything that he reads. Uh, but that's why we call him Joey Rock and Roll. And that's why he does Rock Strikes 10. And it's so chock full of information. And why I'm uh, I'm short usually on uh, on what I talk about. And it's usually stories of things that happen to me. I, do, I I, I I do recall pretty much everything that's gone on, so so that's good. Anyway, I, I say all of that t- to leave you with this. Thank you for joining me on these two these two episodes. I greatly appreciate it. Please come back. I hope I hope I haven't rambled on too long here in this outro. Drop back by and please uh, check out check out any of the uh, other 100 shows that have already been done prior to these two. As always, I'd like to thank my cnjradio.com family for giving me this time to spend with you. And uh, I'm going to leave you with this. The song that I was completely wrong about for, for a long time, and I consider it one of my favorite songs. Ooh La La, sung by Ronnie Wood, not, not Rod Stewart, who is on my shirt right now, by the way. Rod Stewart looking at you. Younger Rod Stewart is looking up at the mic. You can't see that because it's the uh, the wonders of sound and not vision. So please come back. I hope to see you all very soon.